once I started dismantling, okay, this is really Irene, and this is something that, you know, I've been taught, is when I really started to enjoy living and the whole experience of it. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently, and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy! Welcome to episode 126. We're Finn and Emma, and today we have an interview with Irene. This is a powerful and amazing story. Yeah, it absolutely is, and we're so grateful that she came on to share it. We did want to give a little bit of, I would say not necessarily a trigger warning, but just a heads up. Disclaimer. That there are some pretty intense discussions regarding her previous relationship uh, with her husband. And there's no discussion of any necessarily physical abuse, but there is a lot of emotional uh, emotional trauma that comes out of this. And it could be somewhat triggering for people. So we... We, I mean, honestly, we encourage you to listen to it because it is it is super powerful and she's a, a badass for going through what she went through and she's in a fantastic place right now and it's, and it's a super moving story. But we just wanted to put that out there uh, in case anybody uh, needed to hear that before listening. Yeah. You should listen to our announcements even if you don't listen to the rest of the episode though. Absolutely. <laughs> so our few quick announcements one soup. Well, all of them are really exciting, but we have been working really, really hard on relaunching our website and rebranding our podcast. Yeah. So we have a brand new logo. Some of you may have noticed the new logo. Some of you, it may not have repopulated in your podcast player yet, but stay tuned. It will be. We're working on that. It'll be there soon. And the website is up and it's rocking and rolling. So it's super exciting. And yeah, let us know what you think. Check it out. Click around, have some fun while you're there. You could even sign up for our new exciting meet and greet that's happening tomorrow, a virtual meet and greet. Yes. Tomorrow night from night, which is May 27th. Nope. May 28th. <laughs> May 28th. <laughs> Again, that's May 28th. Tomorrow night from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern, we're doing a virtual speed meet and greet. So how this is going to work is we'll all be in a Zoom call and We'll do some icebreakers at the beginning, and then we'll send you off with a topic to, to discuss into breakout rooms into groups of two to three people. You'll have a five to eight minutes to discuss, and then you'll all be brought back into the main room. We'll change the topics and change your partners and go back out. Yeah, we did this a couple weeks back with the Patreon group, and everybody loved it and had a great time. And honestly, most of them have signed back up to come in, and there's over 20 people signed up right now. So it should be a really great time. Yeah. And we're really excited about it. Really excited to help people build some community right now when it's tough to get out there and do so. You can sign up for $10 by going to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com and going to the community page. Or the events page. Either, either one. one. Either one will take you there. And yeah, we'd love to have you and we're excited for it. So check that out. And also, if you happen to be a Patreon member or you think about joining that, you will get a discount 
that will basically give you half off or 20% off depending on which level you sign up. So if community is what you're seeking, now is the time to get it. And yeah. we would love to have you and Maybe with that. Oh, no. There's a women's group. No, Tell them stop. about the women's group. I don't know what's happening. Speaking of Patreon, our next video QA is scheduled for June 17th. So put that on your calendar. Join our Patreon to come do the video QA with us. We also have a women's group. This is, we've done it for two months now. So we'll have another call in June. Uh, so if you're interested at all, go again to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. Check out our new site, go to the community page. Go scroll down and you can see all the information about Patreon. You will. And with that, let's go hear this amazing story from Irene. Yeah, let's go. All right. So we are officially recording. Yay. All right. Well, welcome. Welcome. Welcome, Irene, for to the show, not for the show, to yeah. the show. Thanks for joining us tonight. We're excited to talk to you and hear a little bit more about your story. Well, I was going to say, she's... Uh, just binge listened like four episodes today she has told us and is slowly catching up through all of the episodes that's pretty exciting and a lot of our voices well and other people's but thank you for being such a like a great fan and listening to all the episodes well i'm really happy that i stumbled upon you guys just browse 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 and there you were and i love listening to the show so it's really not a hardship for me awesome. well thank you so much and for anybody who doesn't know who you are, and we know a little bit from your emails, but do you mind just introducing yourself and we'll go from there? So I'm Irene. I am old, mid to late 30s. <laughs> I'm in the Northeast of the United States. I'm a single mom. So I'm currently with my partner and the way we met is also an interesting story. We'll get there in a second. <laughs> yeah, well, that'll be part of the backtracking, I think. Mm-hmm. And actually shacked up with my partner right now. So <laughs> that's fun. Yeah, so we have an open relationship and it's always been that way. We didn't start any other way. It actually didn't really even start as a relationship. It kind of evolved into one. We do consider ourselves primary partners. Just it makes it easier right now for us. And especially with my situation is, you know, single mom mode. I find it easier for my son to be able to say like, yes, this is the primary who you're going to get to know now, considering his age and developmental levels. But it's not. I don't hide from him that I have other friends. They're just not necessarily somebody he's going to meet. Yeah, amazing. And so can you maybe take us back in time a little bit? How long have you been exploring non-monogamy? And maybe how did you come to be exploring it? Discover it. Discover it. Well, when I was much, much younger, so let's say 20 years ago, and I was dating I used to think I had to be monogamous and I called myself a serial monogamous because I wouldn't get with air, you know, podcast air quotes. I wouldn't, you know, be physical with anybody unless we were together and there was uh, comfort and some kind of commitment and trust and understanding. And then one day I realized like, Hey, 
I don't have to just, I can have that with a few people, you know, I don't have to be exclusively dating this one person to get my physical needs met and then dump them when I want my needs met by somebody else. You know, there's a way to do it without even knowing what the term was. I was like, there has to be a way to do it where I can be dating multiple people and everybody's aware of the situation. So without knowing it, I was, I was polyamorous, you know, at least since I was like 18, 19 dating. At one point I was dating like five guys and I don't know what, you know, they went on other dates. We didn't get too involved. It was, you know, at this time I can look back and say it was very, you know, don't ask, don't tell, but everybody was aware that none of us were exclusive, but we were, you know, when we were together, we were together. And when we weren't, we weren't, we had our own relationships and, you know, they had their relationships. And I met my ex while I was, you know, in that mode. And he said to me, well, how would you feel about trying you know, monogamy again with me. And I was like, well, you know, okay, I'll give it a shot. What's the worst that can happen? And <laughs> <laughs> so for many years, I just kind of put that part of myself, like pushed it down because I was like, well, if I want to be with this guy, he wants monogamy. So it's not that, you know, much of a hardship because whatever reasons, you know, we love each other. So sometimes that means that you have to, again, this was younger Irene. In my head, I thought sometimes that means that you have to maybe sacrifice so that, you know, you, for the good of the relationship. And so we were together for uh, seven years and got married and we are legally still married. <laughs> <laughs> because he doesn't want to pay to get divorced. So anyway, <laughs> legally still together, he won't pay to get divorced, but he pays to live with his girlfriend. So you're not bitter. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if bitter is the right word. It's just, you know, like, don't threaten to kick me out and have me live in the gutter. And then not divorce me, you know, like just shit or get off the pot. You know, (laughs) the relationship is done. Like it's obviously done. Let's just end it and be official about it. Yeah. There's no, there's no reason anyway. So if we were still together, we would be together now for 16 and a half years. So you were together for seven, you got married and then you were married for roughly another eight or nine. Well, since technically we're still married, you know, but yeah, yeah, okay. So let's just to give you a queer timeline in summer of 2018. No, actually, it was summer of 2017. I decided I had had enough. My ex is an alcoholic. I realized that I was done. I had, (laughs) I had like done my time, so to speak. And I couldn't, I couldn't handle trying to raise a special needs child with an alcoholic who couldn't, couldn't meet my needs in any way, shape or form. Totally adverse to 
exploring any of my desires or, you know, letting me, you know, I was like, uh, I'm reaching an age where like, I've given you a lot of years of what you want and I've picked up and moved and left my family and friends and hobbies and career and all of that to follow you for yours. So now it's my time. This is, this is me. This is who I am. I've done the, you know, monogamy thing. I've done the housewife thing. I've, it's my turn. And he was like, well, okay, so if I stop drinking, then you'll stay. And I was like, no, no, you're not listening to me. <laughs> so it turned into, he thought that if he just picked one thing and made it better, that all of my other desires would stop. And, you know, when I say desires, I mean stuff like I'm into very rough sex and he couldn't do it. Or I would have to tell him like, like, no, I, I want you to like hit my ass. And he'd be like, Oh, like that. <laughs> and it was just when I also identify as a switch in, you know, like a dom sub world. And there's, there just gets a point where like, I don't particularly care for like age play, like extreme age play. And it just got to a point where like my husband was, it, it felt like I had, you know, a 10 year old and I'm not into 10 year olds. Right. So there was a lot of incompatibility sexually, just everyday life. Yeah. And it was just, it all kind of came to a head where I was like, listen, I was like, if you're going to, yes, you should seek help for your alcoholism, of course, but that's, that's not something that you can't do that for me. You have to do that for you. But something you can do for me is we can have a conversation about opening the relationship so that I can get back that part of myself that I've stuffed down for so long at your request. Because it's just, I haven't felt like myself in a very long time, and I don't like it. And I've been thinking about it for a while. And let's start talking about opening the relationship and figuring out what that means for us. So we did. We talked about it for months. And in the meantime, like he went to a rehab and came home, and I started a new job, and he didn't, well, he didn't start a new job, but his job path changed. And so our conversations kept veering, you know, getting pushed off. And then when I hit a milestone birthday, I was like, look, this is it. I've given you almost a year for us to sit down and have this conversation. And every time I've approached you, it just turns into yelling. So here's what I want. Can you agree to it? And if you can't, then we need to start thinking outside of our, you know, current path because it's not working. And it was just, it was hard for me for a long time reconciling like who, who I am with the life I was leading and 
just, you know, that the Shane podcast I was listening to really hit home today because it was like when for a while, like I didn't feel shame about being polyamorous until he asked me to be monogamous. Like that was the, okay, yep. Now we're going to do, now I've learned as the relationship escalator. And you can't do that if you're seeing all these other people and then to borrow his words, you're a dirty whore if you're doing those sorts of things. And I can't marry a dirty whore, you know? So it was just kind of, I had to like reclaim, reclaim myself and just like put my foot down and said, this is me. This is who you were dating. This is who you married and love, love all of me. Or I don't know what to I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Like, or the really, yeah, the relationship is done. If you can't accept and love all of who I am. Yeah. I was like, I, I work, you know, at this point it was like, I've been, I've been by your side through thick and thin eight months pregnant, driving three hours to a different County to get you out of jail at 3am because you got a DWI. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I'm just asking for you to finally, finally, like 14 years later, like, just let me be me. Doesn't mean that I'm going to love you any less. It would actually probably be beneficial because, you know, the strain of dad, husband, lover, friend, it's one of my basic philosophies has always been that it's, it's really just not fair to ask one person to be everything to you. Otherwise, why would we have seek out friends? You know, if your romantic partner was supposed to be your one and only everything, why do we need hobbies? Why do we, you know, why step outside at all? Right. <laughs> like, right. So I was, it, he finally was like, okay, if this will make you happy. And I, I had laid out some basic rules. And I was like, these apply for both of us. And obviously it's a learning curve. So we'll amend as we go. And one of his first things was like, well, I don't want you on Tinder. I don't want any of my coworkers to see you on Tinder. I was like, well, I'll try. I'll try not using dating sites, but that's not how it works anymore. You know? So I did try for a few months. And to be clear, like he wasn't interested in opening on his side of the relationship at all. Not at this time. No, I tried for a few months, like the old fashioned way, you know, like book clubs or going to a bar or going to a little live venue or whatever, going to a museum, whatever. And nobody's approaching my, uh, the nurse assistant called me middle age a couple months ago. <laughs> so thank like, you for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't like, think that too, but <laughs> it's a middle aged dirty board. I was like, I was like, um, <laughs> but you know, the reality is like, nobody's approaching me if I'm out by myself because it's, it's a different world than it was. It's, there's more on the, there's, well, Number one, you guys are seeing me. I'm ready for bed, right? So, like, my hair's up, my glasses are on. I'm wearing a, a hoodie, no makeup. But, like, day-to-day life, I typically come across a little bit. A good way to describe it is I used to work in childcare, and 
one day I went in and like full, fully done up because a few of us were going out afterwards. So hair done, makeup on. I wore like real clothes instead of like yoga pants. And one of the kids was like, Oh my gosh, Cyrene, you look like a, a, a witch or a evil queen. She's like, I'm scared. <laughs> Just take your lipstick off. This was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> so, you know, a, a little intimidating. I've, I've been, I've been told a few times by a few dates that they, they were, even though they knew I was there to meet them and looking forward to it, that when they actually saw me, they almost turned around because they, they didn't know if they could do it. Huh. Yeah. Like they, you were, you were intimidated with intimidating without, without meaning to be. Just sitting, sitting, drink, you know, having a drink, just so, you know, put that person out in public trying to meet new people and it wasn't, it wasn't happening, but put that person onto dating sites and which how I got on dating sites is a funny story also. And all of a sudden, you know, the whole new world. <laughs> yeah. So you try non-dating site, like with, you try going out just in, in real the life. Yeah. In real life to trying to meet people. And then, and then what got you on the dating sites? I wasn't meeting anybody. The only people approaching me were like, I don't, I had an older gentleman approach me at a museum to ask me to move over, you know, like. <laughs> so not, not exactly what you were going for. No. So you got on the dating sites and then I guess at this point, had you and your husband, like, have the rules been shifting where you were like, this isn't working. I'm not able to explore what I was hoping. We need to adjust and take this to a different, different platform. Yes. So what happened was one of my pocket friends was going through a divorce and she's like, that's it. I'm putting myself on Tinder. I'm going to, you know, get fucked by everybody. I don't even care anymore. <laughs> As she's like working her way through it, like through all the comments, she's like, I'm, I'm a little scared. Can somebody do this with me? And I was like, oh. So I was like, listen, husband, here's the situation with one of my friends. We're going to pal up and make our Tinder profile or dating site profiles together is that okay with you? And he's like, he's like, well, yeah, I guess so. If that's, if that's what you want. Okay. And I was like, okay. I was like, because he knew that I was getting frustrated. It just, it just wasn't working. Like dating in the wild just doesn't, it doesn't happen anymore. Not for me. So yeah, we, made our first profiles and I tapped yes, whatever it was, I want my profile to be seen. And I was like, oh, okay, so now what do we do? And I'm so excited with her. She's like, I deleted the whole thing and the app. I'm not ready. <laughs> You're like, oh no. <laughs> the old bait and switch. <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. But it was so funny because as I'm sitting there like, okay, I have this profile. I had no idea what to do. I was like, yeah, okay, swipe left, swipe right, I whatever, no clue. Oh, okay, swipe right. 
literally I had my profile for five minutes and I had a match. And that first match became my first online date, became my first online partner, became my first like dom. It was just like that first match, like got the ball rolling where I was like, yes, yes, this, this is what I was missing. Like having somebody else that can, you know, understand that I have other needs that need to be met and that respects my wishes and my limits and doesn't view me as like property or anything like that. So, yeah. So it was a good experience. <laughs> and it, once you yeah. got on the dating, once apps. you got on the dating apps. <laughs> and at this point, was your husband then also starting to explore, or was it still a sort of a one-sided situation? So for the first month, it was one-sided, and I actually had to convince him, like, look, it might be beneficial for you to go on and try to meet somebody. Maybe somebody is interested in the exact type of music that you want to listen to that I've been listening to for the last, like, 15 years, and you can take them out. I don't, you know, if you find somebody that has interest and you're interested and I think that would be great, you know, for us to have, I get to go and fulfill me and you get to go and fulfill you and then we can come together and I think it'll actually be beneficial for us because we won't, we'll be able to get our needs met outside of here and then come back and be refreshed and have our own relationship where it's not just, well, you didn't do this and I feel bad because you didn't and blah, blah, blah. That comes along with years and years and years of stuff. Yeah. So, yep. So he joined the site about a month after I did and it was slower going for him. As I'm hearing from a lot of my, my male partners that it can be a little harder for men, but he went on a few dates and, I was always, you know, okay, be safe. Don't forget a condom because obviously we hadn't used them for a long time. I was like, I have some, please take them. Here they are. And, you know, I would talk to him about stuff like, I was like, look, you know, I'm getting tested. If you're going to be dating, you need to get tested too. So it was interesting. I I've oftentimes felt more like, Oh, God, I oftentimes felt like the mom getting her kid ready for like prom or something, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> getting him ready for a date or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, did you brush your teeth? Did you <laughs> pack a condom? <laughs> Stuff like that. <laughs> and so fast, maybe fast forwarding a little bit, it obviously the two of you ended up not staying together, although you're still legally married, you parted ways, I guess. Do you mind taking us maybe somewhat briefly through that like, transition, the transition and into where you are and sort of what the journey has looked like for you personally over the last, I guess it would be two years or so? Yep, absolutely. So my first date outside of marriage was October 2018. And things picked up really quickly for me from there. And I got to do a lot of exploring with a lot of people and verified what my current limits are. (laughs) 
And I realized for me, this was very much what I wanted. I love experiences and I love learning through experiences. And even I think with my current partner, one day I will test some of my limits, at least one, but definitely one of them is a very, very hard limit. I'm not, you're, nobody's pooping on me. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> not my thing. <laughs> if it's your thing, <laughs> if it's your thing, that's awesome. But again, I used to work in childcare and before that I worked at an animal shelter and I think I need a break from it. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. No one's, no one here to force you that into that. So, okay. So like I said, I wanted to really make sure that I wasn't limiting myself because I had done so much of it. So I went out with a variety of people. At first, it was all, you know, cis males. And then it it evolved into I had a threesome with a couple, which was not I'm glad I had the experience, but it wasn't, it was a good learning experience, but it wasn't a great sexual experience. And the reason I'm, I'm very happy for it in the long run is because I learned for all those years that I thought I was just appreciative of the female form. It's more that I really enjoy the female form in a way that just recently had me realizing like I've identified as hetero for so long, but why, you know, where did it come from? Cause I don't think, I think it, it's not something that came from within me. I think it's something that came from outside. And once I started dismantling, okay, this is really Irene. And this is something that, you know, I've been taught is when I really started to enjoy living and the whole experience of it. So the first time I had a a couple swap is also the first time that I ate pussy and got another girl to squirt. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> and when you say couple swap, was this like with your husband at the time? No, my husband and I have never, ever played with others together. Okay. We, the couple swap was myself and my dom and another couple. Okay. It's still a new experience and it sounds like it was fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was, it was a little bit of a letdown too. The other male partner presented himself as like a primal dom and was not, you know, part of my evolution of realizing that I'm a switch because I thought that I was more of a, you know, sub, but it was the first time I realized that I maybe, you know, in my everyday life, I'm very, I tend to be very dominant and in charge and lead the way and tackle things. And that's just what I do. It's, it's who I am. But I was finding that in my sexual encounters, I really didn't want that. Right. So I was curious, when you started down this path of exploration, it sounds like, you know, you've said, I didn't want to limit myself. I wanted to see what was out there. I wanted to have all these experiences. And I feel like that could be very tempting and almost like, in one sense, it could be overwhelming, but it could also be like 
a kid in a candy store, right? Did you have any concerns or was there a point where you were like, okay, this is amazing. I can explore anything I want, but I've got to, like, I've got to be careful. I've got to dial it back a little, or were you just full on, let's go for it and see what, see what it is? Maybe somewhere in the middle. I was careful in my experiences. You know, I didn't, okay, that's not true. I, I did one time show up at somebody's, some random's house, you know, for like an afternoon. <laughs> but for the most part, it was, I was exploring with either people I had or, already kind of established a relationship with, or actually, yeah, that was pretty much it. Like a lot of my first explorations were done with my former Dom. And so I felt that he would look out, you know, that's part of the the whole concept. Like he would look out for my well-being. So in a lot of the explorations, I kind of had a safety net where it gave me permission to say, yes, harder. Yes, let's try that. Or, you know, the confidence to say, no, I, I don't want that. And it really also gave me the confidence to like fully immerse myself in my own sexuality. Like what I was saying, helping a female partner have her first squirting orgasm, like talking her through it while I was riding my dom, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, sounds like, I mean, it gave you the, the space to feel comfortable and safe and protected and supported to explore the things you want. And you weren't, yeah. it's not like you weren't fully on your own, right? You had, you had backup in the yeah. form of a Dom who. Well, and it sounds like, yeah. like you met some really amazing people. Yeah. I'm still, so the physical relationship with my Dom ended, but we're still friends. And, you know, I have a couple of like uh, fuck buddies that I've had along the way that again, the physical part ended, but we still, our friends. And I'm sure that if we met up again, the physical part could be rekindled. But it just that those first experiences that I had opened, made it possible for me to feel comfortable enough to come and meet my current partner who I met last year for a, like, it was going to be like a one-off threesome. And I was the third because I was looking for a more experienced couple to have a better, you know, threesome experience with than the one that I had had. So that's how I met my current partner. Right. So just to give a little bit of con, I guess I'm going to summarize a little bit here. So in case we've lost listeners along the way. So in a past life, I was an English major and my stories, my, my professors are always like, Irene, you have to remember beginning, middle, (laughs) you're you're not, you're not famous enough yet to do the (laughs) the stuff that goes along with it. No, I mean, I love it. I love it because you're, you're obviously, you're very passionate and like you've gone through a lot of amazing experiences and it's amazing. So just to really recap where we're at, you, you started exploring different relationship styles when you were very young, then you got in a monogamous relationship for a long time. And then that relationship did not end up working very well. So you wanted to, 
guys worked on it together for a little bit and then you decided to open your relationship. You did it first on your end and started online dating and went and had a ton of experiences and was just open to a lot of new things and really learning about who you are and finding yourself. You knew who, who was always there, but now you were actually finding out what, what it meant. You were owning it. Yeah. To be you. Yeah. And yep. Owning it. Mm-hmm. And you figured out that you are a switch, although it sounds like you had a, a Dom partner for a while. And then, then you met this current partner at a threesome, which we can talk. We'll dive into that one second. I want to get back and ask. So your ex was dating separately as well. And you guys never dated other people together, but you both dated separately. Where along the road there? Like, did that go well for him? Was he, did it just not work for him? And I mean, that relationship ended. So. Do you mind just touching really quickly on where that was, I guess? Yeah, sure. So he dated maybe a total of three or four people. Don't ask me to tell you how many people I dated in the time. I'm not I'm not sure. You do not need to do that. <laughs> okay. And they went and did things that I wasn't, you know, a little I would have been interested in, but when you have to be up for work at four o'clock in the morning I don't want to have to go drive two hours away to see a little live venue. But he found a couple of people that and went on a few successful dates, some not successful. And then he went on a date with this one woman and they seemed to really hit it off. And I was like, this is wonderful. You guys have a, a lot of shared interests. And we even had a little bit of shared history, which I don't want to get too much into. And I was like, I think this is great. Fully support it. You know, let's work out a schedule that works for all of us. Since now you're seeing semi-regularly and I have a few people, you know, I'm trying to juggle. And obviously we need time for us and we have a kid and all this other stuff. And so we would try to work out a schedule and we could, I would come up with a schedule and he would come to me and say, well, that doesn't work for me because it doesn't work for the person I'm seeing. And I'm like, well, this is what we agreed to. We all have to, like, I'm giving up a free night, you know, that maybe worked better for one of my partners because you said this was the night that you wanted, you know. So it was just... You're trying to all compromise. Yeah. And we did have a few, a couple of months where things seemed to be going pretty smoothly. And we had a okay schedule going. We were still working out some of the things because it always kind of seemed like if I had plans, then, oh, whoops, oh, I, I didn't realize, you know, we have tickets. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, you know, I guess I'll reschedule my whatever dinner date. But really tried to make it work for a couple of months. and. A few things were happening behind the scenes that I wasn't aware of. Like he had told me fairly early on that he wanted to know more about what I was doing and what I was exploring and who I was becoming because he thought it was really, he thought it was really sexy. And, and I was like, okay, you know, if it's going to help us, how much do you want to know? So I would share about some of what was happening and come to find out that he was just collecting the information and stealing pictures from my phone to try to blackmail me <laughs> with my parents and our group of friends. Wow. So 
once that started coming to light was it actually came to a head. I had a male, female, male threesome. So two guys with two of my long term, long term ish, you know, how long term could it be? Longest term right, at the time, right. <laughs> male partners. And he, I don't know, you know, I had told him that it was, I was like, look, this is where we're going to be, you know, just for, I trust them. You, I've been out with them a few times, but we always told each other where we were going and gave the information and who we were going to be with. And I got home from that date and he was supposed to be watching our son and he was so intoxicated. He couldn't speak English. So that's when I realized like this really isn't working. If this is his real true reaction to what's happening and his workplace made him go back to rehab where he told me that I wasn't allowed to contact him, come to find out from my ex-mother-in-law that his anybody was welcome to contact him. <laughs> he just didn't want to hear from me. And then that's when she asked me, she's like, you know, I, I think the reason that he relapsed is because of all of the nasty things you've been doing. Uh, yeah. So he was yeah. trying to blame some of his issues on what you were yeah. doing to your ex- whole family and friends. That's so. pretty shitty. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's not a fun. I mean, he, yeah, he was, we obviously don't want to speak for what he was going through and all that stuff, but just, uh, and this is from your point of view, but that's still a shitty thing to do to someone. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I understand that obviously I'm still a little, there's still some hurt. I'm still a little bitter, but in the months that followed, I did come to realize that a lot of it has less to do with me and more to do with him. And since I obviously don't know what's happening in his head, I just, there's nothing I can do about it besides just be authentic. If I'm true to myself, then I have nothing, you know, to be ashamed of. Yeah. So as you've been coming out of that and since you started exploring and really going after the things that you wanted and as we kind of said earlier really owning who you are and what what you want in life how have you sort of seen yourself shifting and growing over the last I guess it'd be just about two years year and a half or so so I think I've come a long way personally just in confidence. I've always been able to, you know, be the strong friend, be the rock, be, you know, present myself as extremely competent and capable. And for the most part, in most things, it's something I truly believed myself to be. But I had all of these hangups about not being good enough, not being enough. I'm not enough, you know, carrying the weight of you know, relationship failure or other people's issues or just feeling like there's something wrong with me. Just so what, what started happening is realizing like, no, no, you're being, you're doing really hard work, right? Me talking to myself, you're doing really hard work. You, you're unlearning years of conditioning and years of, you know, emotional manipulations and 
societal things that you've internalized. And one of the first things, and it's been the hardest struggle for me, is this feeling that I'm not enough, which from attending some of the Al-Anon meetings is a common theme of family and friends of alcoholics. So I credit a lot of my personal growth to that community, the support there. You know, one of the things they tell you to do is to like find the higher power, find something outside of yourself that you can look to. So my PG thing is astrology. I got into astrology. And then the the one that really started making me wrap my head around who I am and my strengths and how how to not be codependent and all that stuff was the polyamorous community and BDSM and just learning the value of communication, learning the importance of true consent, which, you know, these are, I don't know if true consent means anything to you, you know, the same thing it means to me, but just that no means no, I don't care. And this is, again, something that I just listened to in one of your podcasts that no means no, even if I said yes five minutes ago. It's still no. No means no, even if I'm your right. wife. It's yeah. like, and I said yes five years ago. Doesn't matter. And my value as a person to myself has increased. And just just being able to like say like, oh, just because I was with somebody that didn't have the tools doesn't mean that there's something wrong with me. You know, it just means that they, you know, we were just, he was trying to put a battery into a wall socket, you know, like it's just, just not compatible. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is really amazing to hear. I mean, your journey has obviously been tough, but it has been amazing to hear kind of what you've learned and where you're at now. And I guess I'm curious, you seem to, it's obvious that the, your primary partner, as, as you called him right now, means a lot to you and has been a, an amazing influence in your life. And you said you like pre-shadowed a little bit or not pre-shadowed, you foreshadowed a little bit about how you met him as part of a threesome. And I wanted to see if you could briefly talk about just how that relationship evolved and how it's impacted your life. And also maybe building on that too, where, like what it looks like today Yes. in terms of, are you exclusive primaries? Is there other things happening and all of the good things? Okay. So how we met, <laughs> a synopsis. I actually matched with one of his friends with benefits that had posted looking for a third and we started chatting and then the three of us chatted a little bit and then we set up a date to meet and it was just going to be drinks, maybe appetizers, see how we all felt and, you know, meet again. And it's funny because I had, so at the time, as I think I said, we had worked out a schedule. So I had this one night free. So I matched with one of his friends with benefits, had posted looking for a third and me and her chatted for a little bit. And then the three of us chatted for a little bit all online. And then we set up a day to meet. 
And as I think I said earlier, you know, I had a schedule set up with my ex. So I had like one night that I could stay out a little bit later than just your average like dinner date. So what I was going to do was have like an early dinner with one person and then go meet them for drinks, you know, after dinner drinks. And the person that I was supposed to have the early dinner with just started throwing up like flags. So finally I was like, oh, you know, I told him, I was like, listen, I'm not feeling it. You know, there's too many, I don't even remember what they were at the time, just too much that I'm not digging. So I'm going to cancel. And, you know, then the biggest flag of all, you know, I already made reservations and blah, blah, blah. You can't do this. And you said yes. And I was like, yeah, now I'm saying no. Bye. (laughs) So I had messaged them like, hey, I'm free a little earlier. Is that a problem? And they're like, no, not at all, which was, you know, really nice. And so we all met for drinks earlier than expected. And I'll just, I just remember thinking like, like, wow, like, okay, I might turn this night into another first. This might be, you know, like the first night I go home with a couple, like straight off after meeting. It was like drinks were going really well. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, my first impression was that just if he was that passionate about, you know, in conversation, what was it going to be like in private? So I was like, okay, you know, I feel good. Let's, are you, you know, we had the whole conversation about moving it back to his place. And so we did. And it was amazing. It was the threesome experience I was looking for. Just the whole thing. Like we just like clicked and I was like, it was weird for me that night because I was sad to leave, but also eager to leave because it was like, whoa, you know, <laughs> why am I sad to leave? <laughs> I better get out of here. <laughs> and again, it's, it's an hour drive from his place to, to my place. So I had a lot of time to reflect on it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I think I'm, I might have to, I might have to see them again if they'll have me. You know, because I didn't know what their deal was. I thought they were a package, but come to find out they weren't. So when he messaged me a month later, maybe a month, three weeks, a month, I don't remember. And I was like, he asked if he could see me. And I asked about the other partner. And he was like, she's not my girlfriend. We're just dating, which I confirmed with with her. So, yeah, after that, we saw each other loosely dating, you know, like, uh, weren't even really friends, fuck buddies, really. We tried for like every other weekend or, you know, if I happened to have a day off, I would, I would go up and he would try to get out of work early or whatever. And that went on from like March until like June, July. And around that time, I had to, I was basically in the process of being evicted from my house because it was in my ex's name and he was not continuing the lease and I couldn't afford it. So in the middle of that emotional turmoil, you know, worrying that I'm going to be homeless with a kid, my now partner was just really, you know, stable and wonderful through the whole thing. 
And this was about a year, like last year in 2019. Yeah. 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 And so at that point, did you, it sounds like you ended up obviously moving out from your, with your husband, you guys are separated separated and you've been living with the new partner. Well, not new anymore, but we're living with your current partner. And are you two still exploring? I actually, so we're living together because of the COVID. (laughs) I found the place on my own. I was not, was not ready to jump in. I needed to do it myself. You know, it had to be my place. I had to provide, I had to do the things I had again, a safety net in that I knew that I could come to my partners, but at the time we really would not have been ready for it. It probably would have really been weird. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, you know, you know, how are you supposed to know what, what it would bring? You know, even if you would have told me last month that I would wind up living here for a month, you know, I would have been like, no, we're not ready, you know. So, yeah, so, no, we technically don't live together. But, yeah, we kind of made it official in September of 2019 where we discussed what we, you know, what we were feeling and what it meant and how we wanted to proceed because now we're building our own relationship, which means we have our, we can make our own rules. And we both know right off, we knew right off the bat, monogamy is not for us. And so from there, it's just been a process of figuring out levels of involvement. And that's pretty much it. Like, how do we, do we want to meet each other's partners? Do we have to meet each other's partners? The answer to that is no. The answer to once is sometimes. And you can figure that out as you go, right? Too. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it. Like once you've established, like, this is who we are as individuals and we've chosen to, you know, walk along this path together and you kind of, as you're walking, you get to decide like, oh, do you want to go this way? Do you want to go that way? What and it's it's yours. You get to decide. And what I really, really enjoy about my partner is just how good at communication he is. My go-to when I need to process is to turn inward. We call it um putting up my walls, and you know, like I need to build walls, and I have to sit behind my walls and think and process before I can put it out, which is one of the reasons I do better in the written word because, <laughs> because otherwise I get very stream of consciousness because I haven't had time to, <laughs> to lay it out. And what's wonderful about my current partner is he has the patience to like, he understands that I need to process and he has the patience to weed it out a little bit, but he also has the perseverance and the belief in us to push me a little bit because otherwise I'll sit behind that wall and you can bomb it as much as you want. I'm not coming out till I'm ready, you know, (laughs) which doesn't always make for the best communication, Mm -hmm. but it's just kind of how over the years I've learned to, to process things. So yeah, if one of the best parts of this coming into this lifestyle 
coming into it. I don't know, coming back to it. Embracing it. (laughs) Embracing it. Yeah. Owning it. And I know there's also a big discussion about like lifestyle versus other terms, but you know, anyway, that's a whole nother podcast, right? Yeah. 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 Call it, call it what you will. We're fine with it. (laughs) (laughs) But has been the communication and how valuable it is and how much better, you know, while I was deeply monogamous, a big crux of our relationship was trying to communicate. And, you know, even though I have some history in mediation, like it didn't matter. It just didn't matter because my partner was refusing to participate. Mm -hmm. Whereas I found that, you know, in like the kink communities or polyamorous communities, it's vital to the success of any relationship, whether it's like a one night fuck or a long-term thing. Yeah. 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 And I mean, that's amazing. I'm glad that it sounds like I mean, both are learning so much from each other and finding yourself in a much healthier relationship for you now. And I just really wanted to thank you for being vulnerable and telling us your story and telling all the listeners your story. Cause it definitely sounds like it had its ups and downs and it wasn't always easy and you've been through some shit. And so <laughs> thank you so much for, no, for coming yeah. on and, and sharing. Thank you for having me and letting me share, you know, I'm not selling anything. I don't have a podcast. I, I don't have, I'm a listener that emailed because I really enjoy listening to the people you have on and all the different points of view. And I love your voices. <laughs> well, that, well makes, that makes one of us. <laughs> <laughs> we don't like listening to our own voices. <laughs> oh, no. Once this is put together and like, you know, I'm going to, put it on for two seconds be like, Oh God, <laughs> <That's really laughs> <dumb. laughs> but yeah. So I just, there's definitely, there's gotta be other people out there that listen to your show and they're in some, some stage, whether they're just acknowledging or curious or they are aware, but they feel stuck and not, I've been told a lot that I don't, I don't give myself enough credit, but from, somewhat, I don't want to just throw around the word, but just like, you know, manipulative alcoholic ex to almost being homeless with a child to where I am today. If I can do it, then other people can do it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But yeah. And I know that, you know, where, where does that fit in here? But it's, it's just a part of, of life and who we are. And really, if I hadn't, Some of my biggest supporters were my partners at the time. You know, if I, if I hadn't had my Dom there, like forcing me to pick myself up and keep moving, even though I I was very close to being stagnant, would I have done it? Yeah. Would I have done it as readily? Probably not. Having somebody on your side who understands you and what you need and who you are, that if you can find it, then, and it's, it's healthy and consensual (laughs) and, you know, all the disclaimers, uh, (laughs) then embrace it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think that's beautifully said. I mean, that's what we hope for this show is that someone out there or multiple people out there listening will hear a story and relate to it and get something out. I mean, people get something out of every single show. So thank you. And this wouldn't be possible without people like you willing to come on and share your story. So thank you again. And do you have anything else to add? No, definitely. I mean, thank you. And yeah, it was a vulnerable story. It's not an easy one to tell. And we, I mean, inevitably there's somebody out there going through something similar and we hope this finds them and gives them the courage to know that they're not alone and that, that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and that it maybe can even be a little bit of fun along the way, even if it is hard. Yep. Yeah. I'll give my story that definitely date night definitely helped get me through. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 And who who knows where you'll be in in a year or two, you know, hopefully you'll have lots of fun stories that you can come back on and share. (laughs) Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it, especially, you know, with some of the partners and friends that we have uh, going right now. Texting has become a lot more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Now that no one can see in, like each other at yeah. the moment. One thing I was wondering, maybe Irene, if you would be willing to talk about just briefly is, I think you talked about it with us before we started recording, but how you have navigated this while having a son. And you mentioned earlier that he's also a special needs child that that you've had to sort of navigate this with those things I guess how have you done that I think you you, again you talked about it to us off camera and it was really great to hear how you've approached it and I think we wanted to give people maybe a little context on that if you're okay with it yeah so my son's younger and he does have some developmental delays super awesome kid sweet as can be really happy Again, you know, a little, I'm, I'm trying my hardest little, little pat. Yeah. Pat on your back. <laughs> a little, just a little one. Um, because again, shout out to his teachers and doctors and everybody couldn't, couldn't have done it without the team. And no, really, they're wonderful. But anyway, he, I was very careful, especially in the beginning because I knew I wasn't looking for a relationship. So if he was asking like, who are you talking to? Mommy's making new friends. Where was I going? Mommy's going out to meet her new friends. Is your friend a boy or a girl? Usually it was a boy. And then he would kind of look at me and be like, you know, it's okay for girls to have friends who are boys and boys to have friends who are girls. And it's okay for boys to have friends, you know, and trying to put everything into kid understanding. And when I realized that my primary partner was becoming more important to me, it was very important that he, my son meets him and that they could get along because my, as much as I like my romantic and sexual adult life, my number one priority is my son and his well-being, which is one of the reasons I like to prioritize my well-being because, you know, <laughs> put put your mask on first, so to speak. Of course, yeah. So he knows that my partner is, for him, he's, he's my boyfriend at this point. For a long time, he was my friend, then he was my good friend. Now that we're kind of living here, it's like, okay, yeah, I guess if, you know, somebody asks, you can say he's mommy's boyfriend. And I was like, but 
you know, it's okay for mommy to have more than one friend and it's okay, you know, for mommy to go out without her partner with her other friends. And so I'm trying to lay a foundation of understanding that just you don't have to be tied at the hip to one person and that, you know, we talk about love a lot, you know, how you, you can love your friends and you can love your family and there's all, how there's all different kinds of love. So I tell him, you know, like, yes, like you can have these big emotions for a wide variety of people in your life. So I'm trying to kind of lay the groundwork now so that later on, if I can tell, I can start to make it a little bit more complete of a picture for him. Right. Yeah. As he gets older. As he gets older and it becomes easier for him to understand. One of my limits is lying. Don't lie to me. I think it's pretty easy. And so it's something that I try to live by. And it's something that I, I'm trying to also do with him. But if, I'm not going to you know, be like, you know, hey, kiddo, mommy, mommy wants a gangbang. You know, like, <laughs> that's not appropriate. But just laying the foundation that you don't have to date only one person. You don't have to love only one person. You You can, if you want to, that's great. But you can love who you love and you can love how you love. And as long as it's healthy and not harmful or, or any of those things, then life is good. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing because I think, you know, that's another really key piece of your story is you having navigated this. Yeah, with a young child. Uh, yeah, with a young child. And so we appreciate you sharing. Yeah. You know, sometimes I would come home from a session and I would be, you know, marked up consensually, very willingly, and have to figure out how to fly, come in, fly past him to my room, <laughs> very quickly change <laughs> and freshen up in like under two minutes that it would take him to get there. I wasn't quite ready to explain, like, mommy likes to get hit by a crop, but it would be like, you know, mom was out with her friends and so we got, I don't, I don't know all the things I said to him, but just like mom was out her friends and we bumped into each other or like we, we were roughhousing, you know, whatever, just. Yeah. Keeping it age appropriate. Right. And yeah, like, I don't want to lie to him, but again, there's, he doesn't need to know about like whips you know yeah 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 not not until he's at least nine or ten yeah at least you know so (laughs) that's why i'm not a parent (laughs) so well i mean again thank you irene for sharing everything with us and for sharing your story and we we really appreciate it and it was wonderful to hear Mm -hmm. well Yeah. yeah no thank you again and thank you for taking the time to chat thank you for having me yeah, absolutely. Well, and have a wonderful evening and we'll keep in touch. Already. And we'll see you again in another episode in the future. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. And we're back. 
You didn't do it with me this time. I know. I know. Next time. (laughs) Thank you, Irene, for being vulnerable, coming on the show and sharing a really tough story. And we're so happy that you're in a much better place now. Yeah, absolutely. Everything Emma just said times a thousand. It was (laughs) a great discussion and we're so happy to uh, be able to share moving stories like this out into the world. Uh, With that, I mean, next week. Next Wednesday, we have an interview with Perla and Chad. Yep, we met them on our East Coast whirlwind tour. Last fall. Back in the fall and got them on the show. And again, another fantastic story and we're super excited to share it. Yeah. And if you didn't remember, we have a brand new website. You can go there, explore it fully and even send us a message on the contact us page. Let us know what you think. Or a voicemail. Ooh, or a voicemail. That was a very sultry way to say voicemail. I know. Normalizingnonmonogamy.com. And don't forget, sign up for our meet and greet tomorrow, Thursday, May 28th. All right. Virtual meet and greet. Virtual meet and (laughs) greet. We'll see you guys there. Have a great day. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening.